Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Here we go. Let's start podcasting. Three, two, one, podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Andy Richter. You're listening to the three questions. And uh, I have a very, very funny fella here today uh, whose videos you may be familiar with, whose comedy you may be familiar with, whose joie de vivre you may be familiar with. Ooh. <laughs> it's Chris Fleming. Hi, it's, Andy. It's and a, it's a Massachusetts own. Chris Fleming. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I, I love your stuff. You're very, very funny and very unique, too. Like, I just, um, <laughs> what I love best, you know, to call it absurdist, like what you do, <laughs> it's like, it just seems like, you know, it's like calling Michelangelo's David a sculpture. It's, wow. You know, it's just because what you do is so fucking silly. And so like, I uh, just like goes deeply into nothing. And it's just my favorite kind of stuff. <laughs> deeply you know? into nothing. Yeah. But you know wow. what I mean? Like you yeah. just. You, Join I mean, me as we explore nothing. Yes. But I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean it as a compliment and I hope you take it as one, but it's just like. Oh, no, no. I am, I'm finding that very much under a compliment. Okay, I like it's, it's very poetic how you said that. Oh, thank you. Because uh, yeah. you just, you do follow, you follow like, you know, in all this sort of possible uh, comic trails that one can take in one's work. Uh, yeah. You you follow ones that not many else. Not many others would follow. And it's fantastic. It's really great. I think it's the nature of working so very alone for so long. I think that uh, I, I think that everyone's on my same page and then I release these things and it, and it turns out I'm kind of uh, that's not the case. So I think it's I think it's this kind of like the um, the kind of the, the ramblings of a hermit in some ways. You know, well, why 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 so alone? Why? Uh, I mean, oh, I get I guess when I say alone, <laughs> why so alone? I guess yeah, I, mean, I mean, I mean, were there. <laughs> Wasn't there other people, uh, you know, in uh, that to to be funny with? You um, have friends. I've I heard do you have, have friends. friends. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I just. Uh, I, I don't know. I just started doing it alone because I, I started doing stand up, and then I then I then that turned to video production and or video making, and I I was. I guess when I say alone, I mean like it, no. Um, I did it self out of the uh, any kind of industry or whatever, you know. It was it was very. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's kind know, of what I, I mean. know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's. I think I just didn't get notes for a while, and I think yeah. that's why it's kind of unhinged. Well, now let's. Uh, oh, Andy, let me also. You complimented me earlier. Let me just say, I love. I, I'm. I've been such a fan for so long, and also, I, 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 you were on my favorite show of all time, Strangers with Candy. So. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, a, that's I'm a, a good I'm one. A, I'm a huge fan. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It's, oh my god! It's such. A good yeah, one. you want to? I mean, 
talk about absurd. That was that was oh. like, I, oh. it's that's the kind of show that when you look back on that, and if, if <laughs> yeah. any of you out there don't know Strangers with Candy, it was a a show starring Amy Sedaris and Stephen Colbert uh, and Paul Donello kind of uh, helped write it. Um, but go check it out. It would the idea of the show was that there was a woman who had and Amy based it off. There's a film of this woman, like it's a, like an after school special. Or yeah, wasn't that? it was. Yeah. She, but there's this woman who who actually <laughs> says. I was a boozer, a user, and a loser. <laughs> oh, and really? It's, it's like a it's like a a scare film that they used to show kids, and it's on it's on the internet. Uh, if I find it, I'll send it to you after this. But it, she based the character on that, on this woman that like would give sort of a scared straight talk to kids, right? And right. so it was this woman who had been a boozer, a user, and a loser, uh, who at like age I don't know, she's in her fifties or something, goes back to high school, and the whole thing is sort of like an after school special based on that. And uh it's just so beautiful. It's I, I really I, I can't episode, even believe it was on TV. I, I, it, it, the fact that it exists is yeah. it like gives me vertigo that that, yeah, that, yeah. that that it was you were in the episode I think where uh, her dad gets eaten by wild dogs. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was yeah. In, I actually I actually was in it like three times. My yeah. my ex wife uh was she was, was also in it. She was the gym coach. The gym she, teacher, she yeah. Coach Cherry Wolf. <laughs> um, who was like, who was very, uh, well, I mean, she's basically was playing like your classic sort of yeah, masculine female gym yes, coach. Quite you know? butch. Yeah. Quite butch. Uh, yes. A yeah. butch gym coach. And, um, and the best, the best part of her history in it was that when she was pregnant with our son, our first child, yeah. um, they, she did, they, she's like, guys, I'm pregnant. I'm visibly pregnant. And they're like, nah. <laughs> And they didn't do anything to change it. They didn't do anything to like hide it. They're just like all of a sudden, Coach Wolf, who has been very butch up to this point, is suddenly pregnant. Yeah, yeah which you know, I was in so, vitro, maybe it was yeah. so great. Yeah. And I was so I. It was funny because I was so much of a bigger fan of that show than she was, which in many ways I understand because it's hard when you're a part of something to be a real fan of. And I think yeah. also too You're stressed about making it, right? Yeah, and I also think too, like for her, that show represented like being picked up on a Manhattan street corner at five thirty a.m. in a in a in a in a like a sixteen passenger van that had seventeen passengers in it, <laughs> like just they because they didn't have a lot of money, but the every, budget. The budget was probably up. about three thousand dollars per absolutely, episode. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd go out to New Jersey to some like defunct church school or something. <laughs> and there's no trailers, there's no nothing. So yeah. for Sarah, it was like, okay, get up at five thirty and then go sit on a folding chair in the corner of, you know, Saint Ignatius and Paramus right. or something like that. Right. Right. Um now tell me about your schooling. You're from you're from Stowe? Massachusetts. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Const- a very people. Uh, people often confuse it with Stovermont, but Stowe, yes. Massachusetts is, is which like is a, a little... Stovermont is a ski place, right? That's right. My family. Yeah. Uh, my family's very into skiing, uh, and I was always too cold. I would get frostbite very easily, uh, yes. and so I and they would. Well, put you're a, cream... a skinny thing. You're a skinny little thing. I am a skinny little thing. Yeah, a skinny little thing, and <laughs> and I. And I, my cheeks would be exposed and they would put a cream on me to try and fight the frostbite. But I think in the 90s, it was not really, uh, they hadn't specialized the cream enough. And it, what it would do would just give me frostbite quicker. It, would, it, would, <laughs> it was kind of just like putting 
like petroleum jelly yeah. or something. Like on putting my like putting butter on when you're tanning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It, it <laughs> exacerbated it. But I yeah. didn't have the power of language to explain. Like you're just you are just attracting. You're making it worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just put me in the lake, you know? Yeah. Classic um, parenting, you're making it worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You um, but, put in a situation. But yeah, so my yeah, but Stover, yeah, and oh that's another thing. I also like I was never like a skier. But, um, I mean, I did, I, I taught skiing for a little while, but oh, it was really? so important to my family and it's still like something that I'm kind of, you know, I, I kind of want to be more alt than that. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. been running from that and I'm not, not very good at it, but, uh, I know I've been overserved when I ask someone, do you ski? That's when, that's when auntie needs to go home. That's when I know, <laughs> that's when I know it's so, showing, you know, you ski? yeah, yeah. And if yeah. I invite you to go skiing, that's when you need to take me to urgent care, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's but, like many people's southern accents. That's when they when they right. their southern accents return. That's when it's time to go home. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, no Stowe is you know is a it's very um, Irish Catholic community. Um, my schooling was uh, a public school. It's a place called Neshoba Regional High School, and then I went to a place called Skidmore College in upstate mm-hmm. New York for theater and dance. After that, and um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh... That whole, the East Coast sort, especially, like, the East Coast, you know, like, the references are lost on me as a Midwesterner. Like, like what, like, when somebody go, you know, like, there are things that I I know, like, like, I know Worcester is a terrible place. Oh, it's, oh, yeah, besides Providence, it's, it's the worst city, I think, I've, um, yeah, I've I've, I've uh, been privy to, yeah. But the whole, the whole, like saying that, you know, that you went to Skidmore, because like I, um, there was, I just, I was rewatching some of the Gale videos last night. And there was sure. one where you're like, where you're like, uh, what do you refer to as some as like little Ivy Leagues? And you say, the little like, Ivies. Yeah. 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 The little Ivies. And you're like, are Bowden! Like yeah. having to have him put on a, a bumper sticker, like Bowden, and all of that stuff is absolutely. I mean, I get kind of what they're talking. I get the point of like a, a overreaching parent, but I don't like you know. But like the actual sort of like you know how like when you make a reference, like the point of the reference is, is like where there's some truth to it, and I yeah. don't get any of those. And the whole East Coast college thing was always so weird to me when I moved to New York and I had friends. That would, and when I was, you know, I just had gotten to New York and I had a friend there um, and he, and he had gone to Amherst and he would say like, we're going to a party tonight, but these people are all brown people. And oh, I, wow. You okay. know, and I, and I, I knew it. I obviously, I knew they, he didn't mean their color. He meant the school or it would be like, we're going to this party and they're all, you know. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You know, I, okay. You're talking about Brown University. Yeah, yeah. I Brown see, University. I, okay. oh, I see, yeah, I yeah. See. I'm sorry. I, I should have made that. I should have picked another school. But okay. He, but, or, or he'd be like, oh, these people are all Princeton people. And I would just right. be like, what does that even mean? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And They're kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of, they're really put up on a, on a pedestal. And it's like, yeah. a, it's a crazy hierarchy um, on the East Coast. I mean, the East Coast is so fucked up. It's so, um, especially where I'm from, it's like, it's so, everyone's so tightly wound. And um, uh, and I'm trying to undo a lot of that. Actually. Why do you like, think that is? Why do you think it is? Is it just because they've been there so long and there was like a, a sort of a strata that you have to kind of be, respectful of or you know live either in reaction to or or within it 
you know i think it's i think it's uh left over from the from you know they're puritans at heart yeah. you know and they they think they're liberal but they're not you know and yeah. have you seen the witch the the a24 horror movie um which one which one is that it's that's uh, not the one with the, the woman sitting in the attic is it <laughs> no no it's the where she breastfeeds a crow uh oh no i point. haven't seen that okay well, it, that. it's it's the best representation of what it was like to grow up in Massachusetts, uh, okay. kind of, to me, um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a lot of undiagnosed anxiety. Like in yeah. my family, we scream at night, uh, and no one. I'm like the, like the first to actually kind of, or my generation is kind of the first to be like, oh wait, I think we might there might be some issue with us that we need to maybe get sorted out in your sleep. Or, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, just yeah, like yeah. before you go to bed, the way you brush your teeth, you know, <laughs> you also you have a good bellow, yeah, out the window. No, no, no. Like, like we have violent night terrors. My dad and oh my specifically. God. Oh wow. yeah, yeah. I'm a real sleepwalker. Yeah, and and it's because we just bury it all and then let it out. Um, let it out at night. Yeah. I I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think I was thinking about like um, uh, and talking about this in therapy a little bit about like uh, I I have some uh, OCD tendencies and that like I need to say the same thing over and over in my head to make to feel like everything's gonna be all right you know, yeah. with my loved ones and stuff. And um, I, I kind of traced it back to going to church a lot. And just like, you, we just have to like repeat like the Our Father prayer mm-hmm. or like the Hail Marys, like like 10 times in a row. When you, you don't even know what you're saying. You're just, right. You need to say it to make things okay. So it's like, that's just going to breed like such insane yeah, yeah. Um, feelings of, of patterns and, and habits that you feel like you, if you break, like the entire fabric of your universe will unravel. Yeah. So, and and also there's a lot of fear, a lot of um, imagined competition and stuff. Uh, it, it's just, I mean, I'm really grateful for it because it's made me, um, you know, a freak in a positive way. But yeah. um, I think if it hadn't been for the West Coast, I think I would probably be bedridden, you know, had I not moved out. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Yeah. I often, yeah. yeah, I think like if, if, you know, if I had, if I hadn't gotten into, like if I stayed in, in Chicago and. I mean, probably the most likely thing that would have happened was I would have ended up in advertising. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, because it was there and I worked in film production and it was, you know, that's what the genesis of most film production in Chicago still is, is is advertising. Yeah. And I yeah. just, there's so many times, I mean, I got, you know, I, I need to lose weight now. And I think if I lived there, I would just be like the fattest alcoholic on earth. Just, you know. Right. Just right. because I would be, there would just be so much kind of existential dissatisfaction, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and just and and also too, you, I get to a certain point, I realize I need to leave here. Like just like kind of simple, you know. Like also I'm, the winters. I think winters are just not good for yeah, the soul. Yeah, I I do sort of miss them now, especially now that we're sitting in LA when it's a hundred and fuck you degrees. <laughs> um, yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, no, but I definitely, yeah, I, I it was a Stockholm syndrome because when I first came out here, I was like, ugh, this place, the weather never changes. I miss right, winter. Right. And right. I went back to Chicago for like a March blizzard. And I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. What <laughs> the fuck unique, was I thinking? The wind in Chicago. I mean, I mean, everyone talks about that, obviously, but there's a yeah. unique, unique terror to feeling that. Way. You like, walk in your downtown in a major metropolitan city in the wintertime and you can't walk. Yeah, yeah, it changes you your bone walk. marrow. No, you have to like if you have, and you're completely concerned about windward and leeward, and you're just like, 
Like, okay, I got to walk six blocks this way and then just like really dash in quickly on this block, you know, walking almost, you you know, the opposite, like that Michael Jackson, you know, lean kind of thing, but the opposite (laughs) way. Can you do that in Chicago? You've done that in Chicago? You've done the Uh, lean? No, not, but yeah, but forward. You have to lean like you're, you're, you have to put your center, your body's, uh, the center of weight of your body, like three feet ahead of you in order to just kind of keep your legs working. I've seen my um, friend Buck, when I go to Chicago to do shows, he he comes with me. And the way he moves around, he kind of uses his paws, like kind of burrowing through the air <laughs> yeah. as he as yeah. he walks. And, yeah. and he, he that seems to be how he's kind of managed it. It's yeah. wild to see people existing in those extreme, in those extreme climates. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Montreal is the same way. Montreal, you know, half of downtown is underground. Right. Just be- which when you go there in the summertime, you're like, well, this is weird. And then yeah. you realize, oh, yeah, but that's because of the bad time, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, the seven months. Capital where, B, capital T. Yeah, the seven months where your face freezes. I love how Montreal always feels like it's role playing as Europe to me whenever yes, I go there. Which is what's fun, which it's I fun. love. I love it. I like it. To me, it's like a, a, a more authentic Epcot. Actually, is, absolutely. You know, and I don't and that's I'm completely on board with all of that. I love Epcot. Like, I mean, oh, I don't even certainly. know how yeah. much it still even exists, but like, oh, just. I have no just, issue with artifice. I have no issue with yeah. artifice. And even materialism, I think, is a, is a, is a, a the, the negative impacts of materialism, I think, are a, are a myth because, like, I have a pair of boots that I got. I'll, actually, these shoes right now. Here we go. That's what, when I think about these, these pink slide-ons. <laughs> they are that, pink slides with three embroidered stars on them. That's right. And yeah. they're are women's size 11 and I'm a women's size 13. So my ankle is constantly just in the mud when I walk around. But when I think <laughs> of these, it brings me it's these have sustained a a, a fully and, and unless I'm really out of touch with my soul, I've been I wake up smiling thinking about these shoes for like yeah. at least a year now. Now, you uh you 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 know, you talk openly about kind of your androgynous sort of aspects of your of your life and your personality and your style i mean look at me and look at me andy i look like a sorceress you do you you look like a i I, like a like a lion tamer from the sunny and share show you know (laughs) (laughs) you know um no i don't know i don't know what that is (laughs) you know kind of like a doug henning but more dangerous oh you think I have an element of danger to me? I do think you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that that's the barracuda's underbite bar- talking? It might be the barracuda. Mm. No, but I, was that something that like was that something that's always been with you? Like when you were a kid, were you sort of like and 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 what did that do for yeah. you to you? Was it difficult? Was it just kind of okay? Yeah, I mean, I I think I should have been a. a, a I should have had a lot more strife than I did socially um, with it, because uh, based on what I've heard from other people's experience growing up in in Massachusetts in that time, or in the Northeast in that time. I grew up with um, a sister and two female cousins very closely, and there was one uh, on one occasion I did weep because I was not a woman uh, when I was when I was like maybe five or six, wow. and I think it was I think it was probably be- because I just felt like. Um, I was kind of raised as a woman in a lot of ways, um, but still had the expectations of of being chivalrous, which, uh, which was kind of confusing. 
Um, and it felt like a weird power thing that I didn't like, like being like, I'm one of the girls, but I got to open the door for them. It seems like I'm pos- oh, yeah, posturing yeah. above. It felt very uncomfortable and almost like sexual in a weird way. It just, it felt very strange. Um, cause it was just me, my aunt, my mom and in these, and my sister and these, and Caitlin and Molly. And so it was like, wherever we go, people would be like, Hey ladies, like I just, I just looked like, uh, you know, like Pollyanna of some kind, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I think it was always in me. I always loved cross-dressing. I always loved dressing as a woman. And it didn't really uh, take full effect until like college when I started, end of college, I started wearing, um, I just wanted to wear clothes that fit. And I have such a freaking like a small frame that I would just wear women's clothes. And I think I also got into British comedy at that point, And I was seeing that there was um, yeah, a lot of androgyny happening. Like and I Noel, felt like that. Uh, Noel Fielding. Yeah. yeah, Noel Fielding. Yeah, love Noel Fielding. Yeah, and yeah. So I was just like, oh wow, yeah, I don't have to wear like a hoodie and stuff. And it felt, um, yeah, it just felt kind of felt good. Yeah, yeah. And nobody gave you, I, and because you know, oh yeah, well, I got a lot of shit. I, I used to do have to. I was hosting a show at like a, a a sports bar in Clinton, Massachusetts. Oh, that sounds like a perfect place for me. <laughs> I had a tally up in my room um, uh, that was uh, nights left that I had to uh, host at the whatever. What was it called? God, I forget what it was called, but it ultimately got shut down because the owner um, put a fire extinguisher in the microwave to collect insurance money and blew it up and like had to dive out of a window. Um, That was after I I left. But one time I had to get escorted out by uh, local, uh, my, my friend's dad who was a local policeman because there were men in the bathroom that were um after my performance uh they weren't talking about beating me up they were talking about just simply murdering me so wow. uh, yeah so so that was <laughs> that was a little tricky but um it is amazing like how like just that there is that i mean you know the phrase toxic masculinity gets tossed around to the point of where it almost becomes like i've heard that a mean, yeah, meaningless or something, but it's like, but no, I mean, right there, it's like, how can you sit there and think, you know, I got to murder that guy, <laughs> that willowy naif, I have to murder him and think that you're the one who doesn't have a problem. You oh, know what I mean? I it's think, just I, so bizarre. I think that they've, I think that's maybe changed slightly. I, I feel think like, so too. Yeah. I, I felt, I feel like watching Queer Eye. It, it hit me like it seems like homophobia is way less of an issue as sex than sexism now. It seems to me because it seems like even the deep south, these guys are like, "Well, I'll take advice from this guy, even though yeah, he's a yeah. little a little light in the loafers." But like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> but if a lady tells me what to do, so I don't yeah. know. So I do feel like like it's it almost seems like more of like a superficial hatred that I got, and didn't seem like deep or profound. Um, and there was one guy in high school who was older than me who definitely did not like uh, that I dressed the way that I did. And there was there was a bit of a a, ha- a couple harrowing incidences where I did think I was going to die at that point. Um, and, and the lot being, he would learn my schedule and like, oh God, it was spooky. He would follow me around and they cornered me just, in the locker room once and he picked like me up. Crush. It sounds so much like a crush, you know? Yeah, I, 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 that's kind of, I think, what was happening. And so yeah. you can't really take it personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, my only, because I, I mean, I've always, I was always a large person and a fairly amiable person. And, and, and I mean, and all of my, 
weirdness and brokenness is on the inside. Like I don't, ha- I don't exhibit a lot of outward sort of uh, misfit, malcontent kind of tendencies. I look. What like do you mean? Your, what do you I mean? I mean, I just look like even in those days, like I didn't, I, I never dressed. You know, I listened to weird music, uh, and I, yeah. and I had weird ideas, and I didn't, you know, like. You were a lady in the streets, a freak in the sheets. Kind of. <laughs> uh, I, no, I was a, I was I was just an average, you know, white guy, yeah. and I ne- and and I. But I always have felt like like when you say you know like the notion of like being a jock, like I played sports, but the no, but the jock mentality always. I always I never was at real risk of being bullied, but I always felt like oh fuck, those guys are so manly and so like. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just, I don't like being around them. Can I just go to the kitchen and talk to the women? You know? Oh, oh my God. That's, you know that's, I mean? yeah, absolutely. That's but it just doesn't right. manifest itself in a, an external way with me. And the only guy in, in high school that. That might be in, harder too, in a way. No, I don't think so. Because I, I know one, like I say, I had one bully and it was this one guy and he's about the same size as me. He's a football player. And for some reason he just had it out for me and 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 like always was mean to me and challenging me and and shitty to me and i was you know nobody uh, there was no one else that really did that right and i remember there was like one time where i went to a party and i walked in and it was one of his friends and he had very they were very sort of like more of the pickup truck and and own multiple firearms kind of variety of fellow. Sure, sure. And I walked through the door and it, this guy was there and he and he goes, Andy, and he grabbed my breasts, like grabbed my tits and just <sighs> squeezed them as hard as he possibly could. Yeah. And I was just like, ow! Like, right, right, and, right. And it's it very was just violating. the most bizarre thing. And I was like, he opened a door and promptly did that? Yeah. And I, I, like a I literally house. was on the threshold and he was just happened to be by the door and saw me and did that. And then, and that was kind of the end of it. And then walked Like an away. eel just, popping out of a hole in the, yes, in a, yes, in a, in yes, a, can a of halibut cold. eating a crab. Yeah. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, That's, and, are you afraid I, of walking through doors now? <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay. But I, I, that was, I think when it hit me like, I think there's a sexual component to that. <laughs> uh, you know, like, you know, I just, it yeah. was like such a strange gesture that I has never been duplicated that I just was like, okay, I think like, I think there might be some just like, might be some weird crush stuff happening in some of these What's intersex uh, bullyings. The, it's so easy. Like I, I had, that's kind of what I wrote it all off as stuff like that. Like just kind of very repressed, um, uh, you know, whatever sexuality things. But then like, I, I, I've explored a little bit about how easy it is to repress any like sexual stuff. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's like, I think we all have some, some shit that, um, that can be clear to other people, you know, Mm -hmm. um, outwardly that like, or especially are you, were you raised catholic no okay no okay. A very it, very just sort of generally protestant and a very kind of so you know what you're feeling and why you're feeling it a lot of the time right yeah most of the time and i and i also That's like gotta be nice a good a a, a, a real uh 
real serious kudos to my mother for always being open to therapy and counseling and and talk therapy. Yeah. Oh, you had that starting at a young age. At a very young age. Yeah, like oh, when so. I was when I was a teenager and there was and my mom remarried and there was just a lot of stress in that transition. Um she we all went to family counseling. Mm-hmm. And we called it counseling and then I went to kind of solo counseling. And and so I from a very early age just learn the value of that. Of just, and that's why, to me, it's always the fact that there are people that are against it or people that I just – and I I just feel like there's – I can't even imagine not getting some benefit from some bit of the talking cure. Like, oh, as I happy mean, as you uh, could possibly absolutely. be, there's got to be something that going to talking to somebody and, and you know, and you got to do it right. There are certain rules you have to – you know, you have to be open you have to be ready to be self-critical and to do a real serious cold-eyed self-inventory. If you want to make it better, you got you can't it can't be like, well, those fuckers, they're the ones that are misbehaving. Right. I'm the one. I mean, that's I that's constantly right. within conflicts of my children between, you know, in mediating, which my son just the other day is like, I don't want you to have to be a mediator between me and and his sister. I was like, Honey, I'm going to be a mediator between the rest of you for the rest of my fucking life. That's just how it goes. Like, and so, you know, let me do it. But I will say to both of them frequently, like, well, then I guess you don't have anything to change. Everything you're doing sounds perfect. (laughs) This this fucked up situation can't be your fault. It must all be the other person's fault. (laughs) That's, that's crazy to think that you were so encouraged to do it because for me, I just started therapy recently because oh, my, really? and I feel like I'm betraying my ancestors by even really, doing I can hear them screaming. I, I truly, it's the, my methodology, uh, the way that our, our, my family's methodology is to just act like everything. Like I, I once was very anxious when I was visiting my parents and I, and I told my mom, like, I'm, you know, I'm going through some kind of wild anxiety and I'm having like a really hard time. And I went upstairs and five minutes later, she called up, she was like, Chris, are you feeling better? It's like, it's that kind of like <laughs> thought process about, well, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. everything off. Yeah. I'm Thanks, good. mom. I yep. just need it. Yeah. I sneezed Turns it out. Up. I was just constipated. It's, um, yeah, no, it, it's, it, it's, uh, I don't know what it is, but I think it's just like the fear of looking under the hood. And I, and uh, cause, cause I was okay. And I think like my, a lot of, I would get a lot of stuff out creatively too, you know, like when I yeah, wasn't. Yeah. But and that's why I felt like um, okay about not doing therapy because I, it would squeak out through like um, my work and I liked that and I felt like I had everything yeah. kind of lined up. But since I've you know started looking under the hood, it's really it's really kind of changed things. <laughs> Did you have the fear that that uh, going to therapy would would break the spell of creativity and that you yeah. wouldn't be funny and all of exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I would never. Um, it would never be the same. I, I, I'm, I was really worried about just kind of um, fucking up the mechanism. Um, yeah. And I really like And do you system. still do you still have that with you or do you think it's, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I'm a real. Um, I mean, are you I'm, still afraid that that's going to happen? Like, you know, like you're going to get happy and your career is going to go down the shitter because you can't think of anything. Well, no, it's not even about happiness for me because uh, I, I have been. I, I do believe that I've been happy, even though there's been so much repression or whatever. But I do think that. Um, for me, I never realized that anxiety could be getting in the way, like without, without, you know, with, with kind of 
calling attention to the anxiety and pushing it aside, it actually could open up um, freer avenues of thought yeah, in, yeah. in some way. So I, that's something, that's the way I'm looking at it now. And also just like not realize, like I, I thought it was, would be like some kind of psychedelic or something that would completely rewire um, yeah. like my nervous system or something <laughs> <laughs> because of like the way my family talks about it. Yeah. Know? It's like. I know. think a lot of, I mean, and I'm just, it's just a hunch, but I think a lot of that fear Especially that generational fear about like, you know, some doors are meant to be kept shut, you know, it's yeah. just like, it's a, it's like a fear of telling secrets, which, you know, which then telling secrets, I, th- you know, and I think that the telling secrets is like linked to like a complicity in like, oh, there was a crime committed generations ago and we have been perpetuating it. And, you know, and now there if there was like, you know, I think that they think like therapy is like the RICO statutes, you know, like that it's going <laughs> to it's going to unravel the whole organization and everyone's going to have to deal with how they fucking did this thing that they know in their heart is fucked up. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like how. Our, in third grade, we were taught the entire year. All we learned about was Native Americans, but I mean, it, it was about like wigwams and longhouses. Yes, yes, yes. And, and about, fire water. Yeah, yeah, and they ate maize. Yeah, 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 yeah. They uh, in California, you know, um, I think it was fourth grade. Every every kid had a. There was a whole section for the whole year on the uh, on the missions of California. You know, the glorious, mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. many there are, missions of California. And part of that, and and both my kids went. Oh, actually, I don't know if my daughter did. I think they maybe she'd missed it. I don't think she did. They, my, but my son definitely had to build a model of the missions. You had to build, and then there was the day at school where everybody came in and looked at the mission models. Mm-hmm. And you know, the sort of, you know. Then somebody, I think, along the way was like, uh, we're forgetting about the genocide part of this. <laughs> and and now kids don't make those models anymore, at yeah. least not, not in public school. But it was probably like 2015 that stopped. Yeah, it was it was just like that was part of California curriculum. And, you know, I just I like I like to listen to the they're on Sirius XM. There's an old radio show channel. And I watched the one that was like, you know. It was something like the, you know, the history of the ranchos, of the California ranchos. <laughs> yeah. And that was, and there was so much about it. It was like, and, the, you know, all of the labor was done by the Indians who wanted to be paid in brandy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you know, and, the, and then there's like car- cuts to characters like going, I'd like to kill the fellow that first introduced these people to fire water. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, fire water. You're like, yeah, well, what about the smallpox? Like, how about that part of it? Or just like the they dying from the to be flu? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh and, my god. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, and that was that's just for California. It's like, oh yes, oh there were people here for sure, and they helped us work. They wanted to work for us. Like, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. Right. Um, it's really hard to to face face some stuff <laughs> yeah yeah in, were in you were you funny in school like did kid uh oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah i i was um i, I was kind of a fuck up in a way too. like I, I not a i mean i was very good in the in the plays that's kind of where i um on stage is kind of where i uh, found my little your thing my, my little thing yeah 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 and um no i had, I had a really good um really good 
uh, adolescence and everything. I, I was, I did try to be friends with the jocks in middle school for too long. And that was just, it's kind of like when you see like someone trying to sustain a celebrity friendship on Twitter, you know, it's kind of like, it's just, <laughs> it's just too much work. Yeah. 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 So, but then like, yeah, high school things really kind of, I went to kind of like an artsier school. So I, I, I had a lovely, lovely time. It was, um, but I didn't do very well. I was in like the higher classes, but I didn't do very well. And so that's when my mom was like, so you knew I wanted to be an actor. And she was like, how do you think you're going to be an actor? And you need to start, you're funny. You just need to start doing stand up comedy. And oh, your like, mom said that. Yeah. She made me do it at like 16. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So she took me to like an open mic for like high schoolers. And, uh, and I remember the audience, they sat in like um, car seats that had been taken out of a van. That was like, that was like kind of the, the shtick, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh yeah yeah like that's yeah like that you know hobos do around a campfire like yes yes. the most the least comfortable seating there is everyone had a single bean on a stick you know and and a little fire very big bean yes 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 pinto pinto (laughs) and uh yeah so i started doing that and that um i didn't take that very seriously i didn't take anything very seriously i was kind of just like um like my friends always wanted to make funny videos and so I would be in them and uh, like that would be like how I like got kind of uh, known around town, which was always important to me. But I, I wasn't that that was always to be known in whatever community I was. I yeah. feel OK. I needed that. Um, were those then, YouTube videos like that? Uh, YouTube that, wasn't around yet. Um, so but, where, where were these videos being seen? Like were they just being passed around or? We would have a like a like a f- independent film festival uh, oh my God. At, at our high school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, in the spring. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. Um, yeah, there was a lot of opportunity for like um, performance in, in, in my in my little town. And yeah, see, that, that's the weird dichotomy I think of New England, too, is that there is kind of this. This artistic, creative liberalism, you know, sort of a unitarian history of you know mm-hmm. well no one's right about everything and and then there's also like you know a friend of mine that worked for well at the time it was the wwf he worked for vince mcmahon writing Jesus. yeah and and he, he said wrote the, for vince mcmahon yeah the, although they call it booking you're a booker uh, and okay. that booking in wrestling just means writing the story you know oh, cool. and so he did that for about he was a writer on the conan show and then he did that for about a year and uh, he said the worst place in all of America was for wrestling, like the the just the fans, he said, was Worcester. They oh, would do yeah. shows in Worcester. And yeah. he said just like people apoplectic with rage at yeah. everything they would see. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you know, like every every female wrestler, you know, just scream, you fucking whore, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, just it's, anger, it's so anger, anger, anger. And it's yeah, so, so crazy that those two things basically live next to each other in a relatively small space, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. It's, it's crazy. And and I think, um, does that go town to town? Like, is it like one town's kind of, you know, I mean, one town has independent film festivals and another town has, (laughs) you know, chain snatching festivals. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it, it does. It does. Um, but, but that kind of, what you were describing, like the uh, them calling the lady wrestlers horse, like that, yeah. that that kind of stays constant. Like the the, the belief that the belief in horse uh, yeah. is is kind of uh, ubiquitous around. Yeah, it. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff around sex. Um, 
but no, uh, I the way that that I I think it would be I think it was also by terrain. Like lake people were always really scary. Um, people that lived by <laughs> lived by the lake. Right. Um, there was one one kid. I, I went to some lake parties, and my mom dropped me off, and there was a kid on a bike that I think was on fire, and he was waving a snake kind of in the air, just, ha! Ha! This is like maybe seventh grade. Welcome and to the lake. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a very different world. Um, yeah. From, well, you could from, ride bikes on fire by the lake because you always had the lake to ride into in case it <laughs> exactly, got too hot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have that cushion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't enjoy that in the mountains, you know. No. You set yourself on fire. What are you going to do? Well, you could Roll go fast down the down. hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just in feed it more oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, Worcester is, Worcester, we, I'm like 20 minutes from Worcester. So, uh, yeah. so that's, that energy pervades. Um, yeah. But, um, right. So then I started doing stand up. didn't really care too much. Then I had a friend who was this. Why do you uh, think that, what, if I may just stop you there. Of course. Did kind of like not caring too much. Why was it fear of commitment to yourself kind of like, why were you oh. sort of like, you know, not really into any of it? My sister was, um very she was like uh salutatorian like she was she was this uh, yeah. just like cherished and like so good An and like, brilliant brilliant and yeah. and was kind of loved all over town and then so that i was it was great because i could kind of skate by on that when teachers would be like oh katie fleming's brother and uh, then like it would, like within a month they would start figuring out like okay yeah no this, yeah, is, yeah. this is a different situation but um I, so i think i kind of gave up because i was like i cannot live in that uh footstep maybe Mm-hmm. And I think it was also, ah, I don't know what it was. I, I did care. I did get nervous for, for performing. I think that I was always very invested in making people laugh, but I never really worked at it until my senior year when I had a friend who was a famous, he was not famous, sorry, but he was like this um, re, like very good trumpet player. And it's all yeah. he did. And he died. And so and he was like always just doing this stuff. Like, all, like he was so devoted to his craft. And then he died. And I, my part of my grieving. at a young age i guess yeah 17 oh and i was gosh. like oh shit i, I gotta like I'm, i've been just fucking around and i felt really guilty and I, oh wow I, and so i was like i need to like so i called like all the comedy clubs uh, the next week and started just like weekly doing uh the like sets and just started really kind of committing myself like are these boston clubs how far are you from boston like 40 minutes so yeah, oh okay I, so yeah it was bo- i mean because you know when people like when I've talked to people and they say they're young and like, I, when I was 16, I was doing stand up. Like to me, I don't know where that would have been in Yorkville, Illinois. So yeah, you must, yeah. it must've been in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cam- Cambridge was the big one. This place called the oh, Cambridge. Studio. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It was like this really funky place. College town. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Best audiences. And and that really kind of, um, the owner of the club was all about idiosyncrasies and like, kind of like having an interesting point of view. And so it was less like, um, you know, comedy, yeah. like touristy, and the so, giggle hut or whatever. Yeah, yeah chuckle, yeah, yeah. The chuckle house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and so so that kind of helped me um, find a voice, and then uh, I just got really, really hardcore into it. And yeah, just obsessed with it, and and, and that just, became your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just was like, I need to just succeed in this, and um, and so did you go to college like as a fallback kind of thing? Like, why do you, you know, or was it sort of just you had to and. You know, it's expected. Um, I probably shouldn't have, but um, I'm I'm very grateful that I did because I think for the community aspect of it. But um, it was just kind of like an un like unheard of thing uh, in my family to not do that. Yeah. 
I think. Yeah. And I think I think I would have been stressed had I not. Yeah, you know? I can't. I mean, I asked that question, but I don't think I could have said to my family, I'm not going to college. I'm going to pursue something creative. I think they would have been like, right, yeah, right. It just puts a lot of pressure on like every show. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> it does. You better do well. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still, I think I was still, I was doing the Conan show and my mom was still worrying if I had a fallback, like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm on television. Doesn't that like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Wow. And my dad even, you know, like my dad, when I, after being at, at Conan for seven years and I decided to, I was going to branch out and do something else. I just was, I was, you know, I just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing over and over. I was young enough. I didn't have kids yet. I felt, you know, I had this ambition to go do something else. felt frisky. Yeah. I just, and I, you know, and I wanted to sort of, it was entrepreneurial sort of like, look, I, you know, I know I have this kind of uncashed in capital of, because I just knew the way things worked. If you're on a show for a long time and then you say, all right, hello, market, come and get me. Everybody's got to have a piece of you. Because I'd seen it happen with friends of mine that had been on the Daily Show. Mm. Like they, they'd been, you know, like Rob Cordry's on the daily show. And then he decides I'm going to leave the daily show. And all of a sudden, everybody's got to have Rob Cordry, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and that's not when you have to worry about the work. It's like a year and a half, two years down the road when you, the act, when the dust settles and you actually. What year was it. this? I didn't know that you left. I left in 2000. I left oh. in 2000. I was there 93 to 2000. Y2K. And I, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I came out here. And I had, I did, I was in three different sitcoms um, and, and then he came back, he was, came out to do the Tonight Show and I went back to work with him. And by that time I had been, I was, I was very happy to go back to making daily television because I- Who did he use besides you? He didn't use anybody. I'm irreplaceable. Uh, So, so moments would just kind of sometimes just kind of fade into <laughs> fade no, into the he, abyss. I mean I think he talked to Max more, you know, he kind of would talk to Max more. But it yeah. also became, you know, everyone He didn't make an AI Andy? No, no. And when I start when he when I started working with him, it, that was a throwback. People were used to Letterman and Leno not really like having sort of like a band right. guy, but they didn't have like a proper sidekick, you know. They Right. That right. Letterman would with, have um Paul kind of wandering the property. Yes, yes. Or he'd have like a Larry Bud Melman. He'd have like, you know, like oddball sort of punching bags. Yeah. But he didn't have like a, you know, a ruthless like a, joke killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A henchman. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you always you know, had your ankle like, piece ready. Yeah. Or, I mean, or a lieutenant, you know, basically like, you know, like kind of just like not quite the same status, like a little bit less status, but still sort of like an officer in the, in the operation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but, uh, oh, what was the, my point when I was started this, um, a fallback plan. Oh, oh, when I, when I told my dad, cause I, and I had wanted to, like, I had, I had been, I had been ready to leave. I had been feeling like, I, like unsatisfied, you know, unanswered ambitions. Um, Mm -hmm. And it had been bothering me. And I said to my dad, when I told my dad, well, I finally did. I told Conan that I want to move on to something else. And that did he put his fist to the drywall when you told him? No, no. He went, he said, oh, he said, and, and to me, this is a huge deal. This is a huge, scary, scary thing to do. 
Mm-hmm. And my dad said, oh, well, that's uh, well, that's great. I mean, I know it's really been weighing on you, and I know this is something it's probably hard, really hard to tell him. But now you can go back to him, right, if things don't work out, right? <laughs> like, like, maybe, maybe you that, should have waited, such a, such waited a, a few months for that one, Dad. You that need is, to tell me that oh, right off the bat, you know. The fear of a dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. That's if things yeah. don't work out. Yeah, things you can, can go crawling go, back. Yeah, go crawling back and, you know, and like, you know, shrimp his toes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could, Dad. Thanks. Oh, well. Anyway, bon voyage, son. Dads aren't um, really wild about a risk, you know? You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I can, I can kind of understand it, but I also. Oh, you're a dad. I, I, I'm been a talking dad. shit about dads. I forgot. No, no, dad. that's. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm. We got I, one in the room. I'm sorry. That's, I'm that's one. Rude. No, but I, I do like to think that I'm one of those dads that learned from previous, like rather than like, well, I got haze, so I'm gonna haze these motherfuckers. You know, like, right. Get in here, you fucking pledges. Now, now, you know, pick up that olive off that ice block with your ass cheeks. I was, right. you know, <laughs> you know, I always felt like right. I, w- I was hazed. I didn't like it. I'm not going to do that. I'm, you not, stop I'm the going cycle. to break the cycle of abuse. You break the you cycle know? of abuse. And with my kids, I've always I think I read that like, about Andy Richter online. He's breaking the cycle of abuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it sniffing. A, he's like Zorro life. cutting, the, cutting the, 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 the string that's on fire before it, it was, hits the coal. It was a Lifetime movie. Uh, breaking the cycle of abuse. People yeah. said just the main beef was too many dick jokes. Yeah. A lot of dick jokes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, not the time. I not still th- want to, I mean, I wanted to make it funny. Right, know. right. Still, I'm a comedian. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think- Too much nudity from far away. That was the note that I read. <laughs> if you're going to have it, I don't, why are you nude 100, yeah, yeah. 100 yards away from yeah. the camera? Too tantalizing. It's haunting. I didn't know yeah. what you want, what you were trying to make me feel. um yeah no i I mean with white kids i kind of always been like you know do what you want i don't care you know and then it used to my ex-wife used to be mad at me sometimes because i she'd say i feel like you don't even really care that much about their scholastic stuff and i'm like i kind of don't i don't you know i mean like she she would whip out the word scholastic in casual conversation yeah yeah but i mean damn but I mean, That's an she like, word. I, don't, I feel like you don't even care about their school things. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. that much. Like, mm-hmm. if they want to, I don't, I mean, I, I, I like them to get good grades. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I want them to sort of work towards their full potential, but I don't, I don't care. If they decide yeah. they don't want to go to college, I don't care. I just follow what you want to follow. That's, that's. So it's you just have business. faith. You have yeah. faith that that, that that you've given them the tools and that yes. they, they can, yeah. I mean, there are moments of abject terror. You're a terror. clockmaker god type thing. There, yeah. Well, there's moments of abject terror that like, oh my God, what if, right. what if, what if, you know. Right. You see them like yeah, what if they're disp- Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, if they're, they're, what if things go terribly wrong or what if, you know, he ends up you know, living in the garage or, you know, it's just like all that you do have those fears, but, and I think, and it's, I've, my kids are pretty together. So it's like, I don't have a lot of reason to be fearful and other people have kids that aren't so together and I can see why they would be sort of more fearful. Yeah. Um. So it's, I'm speaking from a place of privilege, but 
I don't know. I just, to me, parenting just seems to be like, it's one of those things where you're working towards your own obsolescence at all times. Like you're trying to, you know, you're trying to make it where they don't need you anymore. Trying to make a good system. You want to self check out. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, it, and you got to stick to that because I think like my, my mom sort of, she, be, she, she changed her mind. Like when the last <laughs> kids were getting near to being out of the house, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, Hold wait, on wait, a wait. minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I changed my mind. I actually yeah, yeah. would like you to be attached to me at all Here's times. how you fold a napkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At 41. Yeah. Can't you tell my love's a growing? So after college, you just, I mean, did you, did you have any other jobs or were you always making a, um, enough money as a stand-up? Oh, certainly not, Andy. No, 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 well, certainly not. No, I don't, no, what I, do I know? I don't know I, your life. I was, I was making um, not, not nearly enough money to survive until 2015. I had. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. When I first moved out to LA, yeah, I was an SAT tutor for some time. And uh-huh. then I was, uh, I, I was a caretaker for a, a man with Down syndrome for four years or so. Uh, in in tandem with SAT tutoring, um, and while doing college gigs, uh, that would you know make you uh, like not like round. You would fly to Missouri to basically break even. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I didn't really start making enough to like to, uh, YouTube really took off for me. And yeah. then that was when I was able to to uh, quit those jobs. Um, when you came to LA, what was I mean? What was what was like the the main like what did what would have been your kind of the utmost fulfillment of your expectations and ambitions oh wow okay um like when you came out here yeah and and by the way is it true that you had a manager who became a chef yeah she signed me in boston and then and then she kind of uh got me to move out to la and then as soon as i got there um she became a chef in times square yeah like <laughs> and not only just chef she left town <laughs> yeah and so that's well, like that's, that's like probably a, not entirely your fault <laughs> no no it is it is <laughs> she I mean, facebook I mean, messaged me recently <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, I, I got like like my deactivated Facebook. I was like, you have a, you have a message from Anna. I was like, oh my god, how dare you? Um, you were you upset? Life. Were were you upset by that? No, I was like, oh, okay. Oh yeah, see, that's got to be scary though, because I mean, that's oh. your lifeline was, to the industry. You know, uh, for me, it was about so that happened, and then I uh, I also found a dog uh, in 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 the street um, uh, who I still have, um, and so I had to take care of a dog, and I was like, I need to get my shit together. I have like no prospects. Yeah. Um, I need to. Uh, I, that allowed me to get outside of myself as having a dog, and so I started. Yeah. So I turned. It's amazing. Uh, I have a dog too. It's amazing. Like oh. Just Especially for like, for a male, it's it, I, I can be very very self absorbed and um and and not not very self um I don't I'm never inclined to take care of myself you know yeah like, um but but that really was like oh shit okay I need to do something so I turned um the, this I was doing this character Gale in stand up that was part of my 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 what I would do in the clubs and so I just like put it was like putting forks in a cannon and stuff and just like desperately trying to make something that hopefully the industry would notice and they did yeah and then but i did get some uh fans from it or some following from it um but that's yeah that's how that started when you thing. when you started putting um 
was Gail, the, the Gail videos, was that the first thing you kind of put on, on YouTube? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. There were a couple yeah. like one-off sketches that got, um, nothing, but that was the first, uh, pretty much the, the first big thing. Yeah. And when you shoot that, do you, is that, that's all out of your own pocket and you just kind of, I mean, you obviously, is that in stow all those? Oh yeah. Are, and yeah. you just enlisted everyone in your neighborhood to, yeah. You know, yeah, and isn't yeah. your your mom is Bonnie, right? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she's she's the the, the second lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they, these people are good actors. She's incredible. They're I mean, they're really, all incredible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really yeah. it's really something like to just kind of know how DIY it was, and also, but you know, nobody really overplaying it. Everybody no, like no. real subtle good work. You know, yeah, because because the. Gail, to make it work, like I never wanted it to be about like, oh, I'm in, you know, I'm playing an older woman. Like I, I wanted it to really be a believable world to make the joke. Like, yes. And, and I think that's why, I mean, thank God for my mom being that good because that balanced it in a way that it, it did not deserve to be balanced, you know, yeah. like to, to not even, th- th- we weren't working with any actors. It was just people. Yeah. My, my friend's parents and stuff and, yeah, uh, yeah. and like people in my town. And yeah, who was shooting it? Did you just have Melissa? Melissa Stripe. No. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she she directed everything, and she's in it. She she plays my daughter. In oh, okay. It. Yeah, so she would it, the shots that she's not in. Uh, we we had to put the camera on a tripod because we had no. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was so it was so exhausting, and it, yeah, it, it yeah, and it, it was a lot of fun in hindsight. Um, I, it was something that I could not do post thirty. Um, in terms of uh, endurance. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I, having to just do it all ourselves was like, yeah, almost, like it made me afraid to like when people talk about like making a TV show or something like my idea of like what that is like with having like no help is like, oh, I can't do that again. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah. you're, I mean, also too, when you're shooting that thing, your plan is to just spray it out into the ether. You know, like, yeah, there was like, no plan. Yeah, there's no it's like you're doing all this like and to me, like in looking at it, like, you know, especially like in the the, the what what it serves as the voiceover, the the sort of, you know, the power walking, walking narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And the the sort of the way that you cut on different sides so that you can cut the different lines. I just <laughs> I look at that and I think, oh, that's work. Like, oh, that's multiple, multiple takes. And like, okay, now let's do the other side of it. And I'd be sucking down car exhaust because I'd be power walking in winter behind the car in the tank top and falling in snow. (laughs) And and yeah, I was, yeah, I had to be in really good physical shape um, at that time. Yeah. And I lost that after doing it. I, I, yeah, no, it was, it was so much work. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, worth it. It's it's really maybe maybe no yeah. I think so I think okay. so it's really funny stuff thank you it's thank really you. really funny stuff and, I'm proud um, of it yeah 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 I, I, I look mean, back I, and I, and it just it it brings me a lot of joy and I'm always yeah. you know when you look back on things and you're like I don't remember writing that doing oh that. boy do I <laughs> you must I can see myself in video in elaborate costume and be like. <laughs> No recollection. <laughs> oh, I mean, it must be like ubiquitous with you, with you no, because you've no done so many things. Yeah. <laughs> the most yeah. recent one was. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. 
Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because now, you know, Conan got um, possession of our old archives, which for the longest time he did not have because of an acrimonious relationship yeah. with NBC. Right. So there will be, on this day in Conan history, you know, t- the Team yeah. Coco, the digital people put something out. And there was one where uh, p- apparently there was a bus that would take you out to the Hamptons on the Hampton Friday Jimmy. or whatever. Yeah, but th- but this one was a spa. So you could, while you're, you know, you'd kill two birds. Like you'd get your nails and your hair done while you're on the road out to the Hamptons. And a eunuch like, would sing to you? It's, you know, no, I'm, I'm like a man with an accent that would cut your hair. And, yeah, uh, yeah. but there's a whole segment. I did a whole remote of, of the thing. No recollection wow. at all. Like you did I, it in you know, a fugue state, you think? I, I don't, I, no, just there was so much that you just kind of. And and the same thing with bits. You'd be in the middle of a day, and you're writing stuff. And you're you know, or and then you have your life going on, right. and and then it's kind of like we need you down to two for a pre-tape or one thirty or whatever. So like, okay, fine, oh shit, it's one twenty-five. You get down there, okay, put this on, and it's like Imelda Marcos costume, you know, like okay, and then what is it? Show me the cards. Okay, and you oh, just right, have like right, a horrible fight with your family right before, yeah. and you're wearing and like you a powdered it- wig. Yeah, you do it, and it's like it takes fifteen minutes to do it, and then you you take all the shit off, and then you're like, okay, now back to what I said to mom, you know? Right, right, uh, right, right. And then, and then, you know, twelve years later, you see it on video, and you're like, what? <laughs> what? Did I, when did I do that? And it is, I guess, it is kind of a fugue state. You're just, it's just kind of, ins- and because it's not so much of that stuff, it's not like it's. A, a kind of performing that takes a lot of preparation. You know, like I don't need to really search for anything with most <laughs> sketch. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm so precious about what I put out, though, that I've always been blown away um, by the fact that you just show up at like a certain time every day. You, yeah, and you 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 just you do it. You sit down. You you like you can't like I, I'm just. It's terrifying to me. You, you don't have any choice. Right. No, no right, you, right. I've said it's a it's laying tracks for a train that's coming. You can see it. Here comes yeah. the train. You gotta put these tracks down quick, 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 quick. 
Uh, and do you ever the, look at yourself and like, like, do you ever like see your face and like a clip back and you're like, you remember like something in your life that was going on that was in your head at that time? Yes. Yes. Or things about the shoot, like that have nothing to do with like, you know, like, you know, like a remote. And then you remember like that cameraman that got drunk and yelled at a waitress, you know, <laughs> that night and just, just stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Because the actual... <laughs> and there's time, you know, and then there's times of it. And I just think this is the human condition where I look back and I think like, I wish I'd been more present mm. in the actual doing of this thing, the thing that I'd actually living on, mm. which is the sketch or the bit or the piece. And, and, and I wish I'd been more present in that rather than whatever. But I just think like, but maybe you couldn't have been if that's the way it went. I, I, I just think it's the human condition. And I, and I, you know, and what amazes me too is like, you know, here I am in my early fifties and I just kind of feel like I'm getting the hang of it, wow. you know, like, wow. Well, that's and inspiring. I, yeah. And I, and I, and you know, and maybe 10 years from now I'll be like, Oh boy, back then I really didn't know what I was doing, hmm. but it just, I think that just, you know, the life she is so long, there's like, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, there's uh, the, the, um, in Disneyland, there's a, uh, a, a, the hotel that w- we would go to Disneyland all the time with the kids. Yeah. And there's a hotel called the Grand Californian, which is like a big, again, like completely fake looking craftsman, you know, like, you know, like how all those craftsman buildings that were eight stories tall with an eight story atrium, <laughs> now, Frank Lloyd Wright was wi- really into that. Uh, and like, and it's, it all supposed to look like Oak beams, but of course, you know, it's girders, with like <laughs> fiberglass Oak beam around it, but there's a restaurant there. And, and it is a quote, it's like a quote from, you know, uh, you know, the guy that came up with, I can't remember his name, but the, the guy that, that, uh, designed all the mission furniture. I can't think of his name, but, um, but it's, it's like, uh, it's a, it's like the life it is so short and the craft so hard to master. Like that's in the breakfast restaurant. That quote. <laughs> um, but it really, I am like, like I always, and I just, but it kind of sticks with me. It's like, you have yeah, to the face life. that over a Belgian waffle. <laughs> I know with, with Minnie mouse coming up yeah. to shake your kid's hand at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I ran away from uh, one of those character breakfasts. I ran away from the villain from uh, Robin hood into the kitchen as a three-year-old. That was a, um, that was a, a traumatizing thing. <laughs> for me into the kitchen yeah because he represented just evil to me I, I, I that was a big thing i was always running away this is what's terrifying about my nature is that one time during a storm outside the optometrist my mom was like a crazy tropical storm in like new england and my mom was like okay at the count of three we're gonna run to the car together and then when she made it down to two i just took off and in the other direction just running into the into the deluge <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I'm acting uh, erratically, my friend Jer is like, ah, Chris, no, you're running into the storm, man. You're running into the storm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, do you do that still? Do you think? Do you, you, oh, you do yeah. that on a oh, real, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a real, I'm a real flight risk. Is the, is therapy helping like to keep you from. Running? Why? Why do you think you run into the storm? Are you going to fix the storm? Are you succumbing to it? You know. <laughs> um. Uh. No. I. I think it's just. Um. 
You like scaring your mother? Is that what it is? I think I like to frighten my family. No, I think it's, <laughs> I, I just think um, my panic, I, I just panic irrationally. I think, I think that's all it is. And I think that I don't trust any, I think that I trust my anxiety more than I trust anybody else. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, do you, have you ever thought of medication for anxiety? Or if no, I may ask, no. I mean, you can certainly. I, I My medication right now is uh, boba tea every day around 1 p.m. I yeah, just get I, that stuff. And it's, yeah, yeah that's. You that's need to I turn do. that into cash, buddy. I, uh, you need to become Mr. <laughs> boba tea. Boba spoke for all, for all the, yeah. You wait, wait, find- when you were describing um, the the cameraman and the, all that stuff, an image came into my head, a memory. We used to tour Gale. Uh, live we would do live yeah. shows and melissa and i um it was we had to strip it down to just the two of us and we were um on stage uh and the, the crowd was waiting in the lobby and we um i was dressed as gail and she was dressed as you know as her character and we were in a blowout fight and i'm just i'm just like it's a, we're just absolutely going at it and um about like the show because i think she was she's very practical and she'd be like right before we were about to do like an hour and a half show she'd be like is this funny and oh. I would just, be, <laughs> and I would just lose my Not mind. Not now. <laughs> now, yeah. And so I'm just like, and I didn't realize that uh, the stage was being broadcast. There was a video screen in the lobby, and everyone could just see this fight that we were having uh-huh. before the show that we had to do. But luckily, there was no audio. But um, and so they, I think they just thought that we were rehearsing because that kind of was the nature of the character. Yeah, but just yeah. Like, yeah, there was a lot of just like absolute like. I, I don't know how you were able to, uh, like, the emotions that run high right before, like, I have to do the smallest thing. I'm, like, so vulnerable and so fragile. And then you, you can just do it daily and and just, like, yep. And then just head home and hop on the 134 and just, yeah. You gotta. Yeah, you gotta. I mean, well, and now time is time has gone on that everybody's much more settled. Just everybody's mm-hmm. older. Mm-hmm. Nothing is as important anymore. Which oh. is a lovely, lovely thing, you know. Low stakes. That sounds. Yeah, nice. it just it's like, I mean, it's not that it's not that quality control isn't the same. You just know that, like, you get to a point. I should just speak for myself. I I've got I just get to a point where I always like when my ex wife she had, would have flight anxiety, and I would say, and this would, and I understand why this would make her nuts, but I'd say like. Your anxiety isn't keeping the plane in the sky, right? right. Which is like so easy for me to say because I just happen to be lucky enough to be able to work through that kind of rationale. I would argue in that particular thing. You know? I would argue that my anxiety is keeping the the plane in the sky. <laughs> well, but that's you know you're you you're magical. You're magical. You're the magical you know barracuda wearer. Uh, no, I'm the I, I king. <laughs> I. Uh, I just think that it's like, I don't know. I just, in that, you know, there's other areas in my life where I'm not so good at, at just putting the anxiety aside. Um, But there are lots of places and, and, and work is one of them and doing shows is one of them. And I don't know. I think, I I honestly do think that improv doing Mm. years of improv where you're going to go on stage and you don't know what you're going to say makes you pretty, I wouldn't say fearless, but certainly makes you comfortable with less, chaos. less apt to be. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. I was going to say less apt to be rattled because yeah, right. you're like, look, I've done, I do, I've done a million hour, hour and a half shows where I didn't know what I was going to say before I got on stage. I can handle this. You know, right. I can handle 
right. television or whatever. Right. And it is weird. It's uh, like my my comfort levels now are more uh, situational in that like uh, like it's way more nerve wracking for me to do an improv show at UCB than mm-hmm. it is to do to you know to go be on a, a talk show. I mean, a talk show that's oh, not me. Why is or, that? Or guest on a because I'm comfortable and I know, I know what's there. I have, and also too, I have the, I have the like, the structure of, uh, it's an interview. I know how that works. I know yeah. I'm going to say something decent. You know, I know, and I've, and I've also bombed before, and I know <laughs> that, like, you know, nobody took away my show business card. I <laughs> yeah. still get to work. Yeah, I like um, I like that the feeling of saying one or two good things. You're like, I can go to bed now. I yeah, no, it's down. like okay. Well, and I used to I used to do that. I used to do that math on the on the Conan show when I'd feel guilty about it because in the beginning <laughs> I was expected to write as many bits as the writers, oh. and after a little while I was like, wait a minute, I'm also on the show. Yeah, how, how come I have you? to do as much as these guys? Yeah, but I there were plenty of times where I would I would feel I would. Go in my head still with the Midwestern guilty, like I really didn't keep up my end of the bargain. And mm. I would think, okay, let's look back. Okay, you said that one thing, you said that other thing, and you, you know, at the after that other bit, you said that other thing. Those are three big laughs. Yeah. That's in terms of like just like filling three golden the vessel. Guns. Yeah. yeah, that's like and filling the vessel, like and any of the other writers would be thrilled with three big ra- laughs. Absolutely. So yeah. So like, yeah, I I did my part, you know. Yeah. I but, had to kind of work through it. And now it now it's just it's easy. It's you know, it's it's uh you know, it there you're not all you're not swooning with in love, you're not mm. working over the rough patches. Where you're just in a long-term functional marriage, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you're just yeah. you're yeah. just getting up and you're doing the work and then, you know, and you're going home. So, yeah. Um well, let's go on to the um the the uh, the the uh, where are you going? Like what 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 do you want to be? What do you want to be doing with it? You know, and that doesn't. I love it when these aren't because I mean I. Most of these conversations end up being kind of show business oriented because I'm talking usually to show business people. But I mean, I'd love it if it was, you know, the answer went beyond that. Like what you know, where you want to you know start a, a you know a turtle sanctuary or something like that. You know, right, 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 like a. Like a pig racing type thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, exactly as a metaphor. Yeah, I think. Um, well, when you said that, what 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 flashed into my mind was I, I taught at a camp once, and the guy who was in charge of the camp. I think I was just talking to somebody about this. Maybe that's why it's in my head. Um, he, I didn't really know him very well. He looked just like Teddy Roosevelt, and he and he had this. He said, "When things go bad for you, go here." And he whipped out a map and he pointed to Missoula, Montana. Uh, and did he have a reason or did he just like cryptically walk away he said he was he was seated and that he was like giving me my last check um and i was like wow oh okay and he just said like i think best place on earth yeah and so i've always uh i've always dreamt about that i've always i'm a i'm a big fan of this film called crazy heart and things do not go well for jeff bridges in that film and (laughs) and so i i don't know why but i really really uh, saw myself in that in 2009 when I saw it. And I've seen it maybe hundreds of times since. And I, I have this premonition that things 
will go awry for me in, in whatever in my personal life or something. I don't I don't maybe it's maybe it's just this weird I don't know what it is. It's this it's this weird premonition I have. And so I do find solace in the idea of starting starting over in Missoula, Montana, even if it's just an absolute kind of impish fantasy. But yeah. in terms of like uh, where where I'm going, I mean, I never have an idea for my career. Um, about I never really have like a dream. Uh, I I think I kind of gave up on that <laughs> because it's so unpredictable. I just kind of like making things that I'm proud of, and I think yeah. like, I think feeling stronger in my voice, I think, is something that I'm I revel in, and um and and you know, mastering the craft, whatever craft that is, and making things that people aren't making. Um, I like uh. I, I spending time with freaking loved ones has been like a real, <laughs> real like just even friends like I unfortunately because of the times it's harder now and zoom hangouts are like really blue balling in a horrible way yeah in yeah. a unique way but um yeah trying to uh expose more of I, I've been really guarded for like the first third of my life. And I think I'm trying to, uh, even with really pe- like loved ones. And I think I'm, yeah. I'm hoping to uh, kind of put an end to, <laughs> to that. Well, know? that's good. Yeah. I mean, well, and obviously, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that most people would be surprised to hear you say that you're guarded because you do not seem, you are like, you are very unique. You're very much yourself and you seem to be very sort of like sure footed in, in your selfness. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of, I, and but I can completely understand how. With, with matters of the heart. I think I'm yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'm a yeah. little more protective of that. Yeah. If I was courting you, I'd be a lot more. I'd be, I'd be a lot coyer. <laughs> you've be, been pretty I'd be, coy i'd be you've winking been, behind a yeah. fan like that know. whole thing where you said you had to go get your plug because your computer was dying <laughs> just just to show me the shorts i know what that was about <laughs> you just wanted to show me the shorts and they were not and they're beautiful shorts really nice yeah i wanted yeah. you to see these things and now yeah. and you turn the computer so i can see your washer dryer so i know like i can do my laundry over there <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I have a little um, mat there set for you, and and you see the little, you see the stepping stool up to the dryer in case you want to peek do. into the dryer. <laughs> really get in there. Yeah, there, yeah. Or, or you want to really get involved. In yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Well, so, I guess I don't. You know, I, I, you know, therapy. Kudos to you for doing that, because I mean, that's gonna. Don't you think that that's kind of gonna be the thing that that sort of gets you there? Oh, big time! It yeah. already, it's already changing everything for yeah. uh, in terms of interpersonal stuff. I feel a lot. Um, I, I'm starting to be able to recognize what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it, which is uh, a gift that I've I've never had. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So that's nice. Where, um, how long ago did you start? Mm, I think it was March, March or April. Oh, really? Wow! Oh, that's, yeah, I'm a spring that, chicken. Yeah, wow! Wow! I'm mobile. And so it's like all been kind of COVID times too yeah yeah exactly yeah wow i don't even really know what my therapist looks like wow did you and was it because of the pandemic is that think was there i mean if i may ask and you can it was there a a trigger or something that like an inciting incident yeah Um, yeah i think it was um it, it, it did happen because of uh quarantine i think um and uh trying to kind of like 
being forced to sit with things. And I was, you know, I was touring so much before. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was feeling things uh, that I felt like, um, yeah, I, I think I was being kind of dishonest with myself in unique ways and um, like just repressing feelings and and, uh, and and I was kind of tired of it. And so yeah. I, I, I think I just had to sit with, like, I'm, I don't really like being still at all. I, I didn't stop moving until I was like 30. I was always kind of, kind of pogo sticking around. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think it was COVID related. Yeah. What, um, what's the point of it all? What, I mean, what do you think, like, what, what, uh, what does someone come away? Like they, they look at a Chris Fleming <laughs> and they come away with blank. What would that be? Oh, I'm so bad at knowing what, like the way I'm supposed to be perceived or, or, or how I'm perceived. Or what, or what you, yeah, I mean, what, what you would, well, what, what, you, what you would want people, like what you would want, you want people to get to know you and then think, this is what I've learned from, from Chris. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, I think that it's, um, Okay. The way that I work is I don't like, I, I've kind of aligned my, um, a lot of things with alongside Prince, the way Prince lived his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I try, um, I, I try to ask You're myself, a Jehovah's witness. I'm a <laughs> go door to door, wear yeah. pajamas all day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but like in terms of, uh, always, uh, evolving and not, um, or trying to throw out, you know, the formula and whatnot and, um, trying to have a sense of integrity about what you do, how you do it, uh, or, or mm, not being afraid of, uh, you know, losing what you've like a fan base or whatever, just by, because like thinking a little bit ahead, I don't know. Um, trying to be, uh, I like, I like ambiguity a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of not being understood. I don't really want uh, people to know too much about me. I think that's part of the guarded thing. Um, I, uh, I want people to think I'm quite funny. Um, and innovative, I guess. Yeah. And uh stylish. <laughs> you got all those things going. That I mean those are all those are all done deals. Okay. You know. Yeah. And then I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. And I want to be a good time at parties, honestly. I like I like I like doing that. I like Remember parties? Yeah. Oh, parties. Yeah, this this whole thing is just it is the strangest thing there's there's nothing to really compare this pandemic times to there's nothing it, it, like not even like like 1917 or whatever you know it was like that yeah. didn't have this i mean there's really been nothing like this and there's no i just find myself uh giving up on thinking about what life will be like after it that's that's kind of um for me, it was a while. I was like, "Oh, I, I'm really, oh, I'm so sick of this. I'm tired of this waiting around." But then, like, but now I, I, I'm with you. I'm um, making plans. Almost seems uh, ridiculous, or doing anything yeah. the way that, that I once did, or even loving anything the way that I once did seems uh, ridiculous. Or, or yeah, like I don't know. Yeah. So I, I hear you. I think. Oof. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I look forward to it being over, and I, and I also. And for me too, because 
I, um, it, it, you know, it, uh, probably a bad emotional habit that I have is isolating, is isolating myself. And oh, whether, same, I, yeah. whether I think I, you know, like I will maintain, I have contacts with people and stuff, but I mean, but truly isolating myself and not even kind of, I mean, when you talk about parties and stuff like, yeah, enjoying them, but, but usually like feeling more comfortable going home, you know? Oh, and, sure, and, sure. And, um, that's good that you like home. Huh? That's good that you I know. like home. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, and I, but it is, it's like, while it in the short term seems more comforting and more easy in the long term, it's not doing me any favors. Right, right. Um, Do you feel like you have a, a controlled way of, um, of relating to people? Like, like you, there's like a, you, you've learned the way that you want people to see you. And so you uh, put that forward. I think so. I I don't know. I think I think it's just kind of like it's just easier. It's right. just easier, and especially you know, I I in the last couple of years, you know, I got I got divorced, so I'm at like a huge crossroads in my life. Yeah. And the isolating, I think, was just out of like just general sort of. I mean, I've suffered from depression my whole life, and the isolating kind of that makes it easier. You know, you, you, if you're if you're a bruise, not being touched. It, it seems like healing, you know, and, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and I, but this period has really made me feel like, okay, when this thing is over, I gotta, I gotta get out there. And I mean, I don't mean like, I gotta get out there and, and, you know, and start to party and meet some chicks. And I mean, like, right. I need to, uh, you know, this blossom needs to open quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, and I, and I want to make sure that I don't forget that. Yeah. Um, and I, because this does feel like such a weird locked in a chrysalis kind of way, because uh, all the notion of like, and I, and I see other people talking about this, um, and I hear other people talking about this, this should be the time when like, well, I'm, I'm, there's so little distraction. So let's, let's be creative. Let's make a big <laughs> burst of production, you know, like, let's just be productive and write all kinds of shit. And, and I just feel like, no, let's see what else is on TV. No, exactly. I just don't. It's not in there. There's just like, I, I think but like that's I should- smart. You're in a, you're in a time of, of input because you're, you're, you're to think that that's a good way to look to, at it. To yeah. think that now is the time. To, I mean, a lot of normies are doing that. I'm getting a lot of like manuscripts from my normie friends who have now oh, been really? creative the last, you know, 30 odd years who are now like, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm running a jukebox musical about Kesha, you know? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that's, that's not a good, a good example because right. I'm that is there a, a jukebox <laughs> musical about Kesha. But that's okay. more of a, that's Kesha's job, you know. I think I feel like that should be up to Kesha. It's just like a it's just like a lot of empty lines that say insert Kesha hit, you know, where it's like <laughs> is that really a thing that somebody came yeah, up with? Yeah, and he hasn't even named the characters. He has it says like male lead one, male supporting lead. I'm like, just if you're gonna send it to me, name the character. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take it down to the Pentagus right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, well, I feel the same way. I feel like I I've, I've only been working on things that I was that I conceived of pre Corona. Uh, I, I feel like I don't want to have an original idea yet. And during yeah, this time, yeah. I'm worried about what that's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I can't wait. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much. I've kept I've kept you long enough here, and um, this thank was you so really much. delightful. And uh, 
And thank you for putting out into the world what you put out into the world. You, you oh, do you such too. Funny, you, great stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Um, thank you. I've had a lovely time with you. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, good. Thanks. For chatting yes. With me. Yes. And let's, uh, you know, when the world uh, writes itself. Um, let's go to a water park. Yeah. Let's get some boba and go to a water park. Hell Although yeah. I think I'll just, I'll watch. You okay. go down the, <laughs> You'll yeah. watch me get boba? Yeah. yeah I'll watch, no, I'll, the boba I'll have, but you can go down the slides and all oh, okay. that. Oh, okay. And go down the giant toilet bowl and all okay. that other stuff. I do it face right. first backwards, though, Lady of Shalot style. <laughs> arms, arms crossed, <laughs> pennies over eyes. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have a good time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, look out, water world or whatever the hell. <laughs> Raging waters. Um, all right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, that's been Chris Fleming, and I'm Andy Richter, and this is The Three Questions. And uh, next week, you'll hear more. Bye. I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golit Sahayek, and engineered by Will Becton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been... A Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.